Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Luis Garcia and you're listening to La Liga Lowdown. Thank you, Lucho. Yes, you are. And I'm David Garrido. Welcome along. This is an historic moment for us. It's our first podcast on La Liga Lowdown. We'll bring it to you each and every Monday. Some call it bite-sized, some call it snackable, or we simply call it the mini pod. And by the way, just to say a huge thank you to everyone who's followed us on Twitter at La Liga Lowdown and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. It's been an amazing welcome. We will absolutely deliver for you. Starting off with this mini pod. So on the way... We look back at Barcelona's 1-0 win against Atletico to go eight points clear and we celebrate 600 up for Messi. Valencia keep the pressure on Real Madrid by beating Betis. Paco was there. It was open, exciting up with Betis dominating the ball. Valencia looked very comfortable with fast breaks on the counter-attack. Levante sat their boss after letting a lead slip in injury time. The fans not happy. They never really deserved to win, but they had the chance and it, those points would have been so vital. Malaga lose again to sit all of eight points from safety, but La Liga first time as Girona are seventh, Eibar are eighth, could either of the minnows make Europa League? Plus, we've of course got our exclusive interview with Luis Garcia of Barca, Atleti and Liverpool. And a sneak preview of part two of that interview will be coming up in the next 15 minutes. Top story. Ah yes, forgot to mention, that's Christina, the mystery voice of the podcast. You'll get to know her soon enough. We start with the big game of the weekend. Billed as a title decider in La Liga, Barcelona versus Atletico Madrid at the Camp Nou. Now, Lucho called it actually in his pre-match prediction. He said, I'm going to go 1-0 for Barcelona. Maybe a free kick from Messi could be the difference. So it proved. Uh, also proved to be Messi's 600th career goal, which is some milestone. Let's just tell you a bit about how those goals break down based on the one that he scored at the Camp Nou. So 539 of the 600 for Barcelona, 496 with his left foot, 373 in La Liga, 325 at home, 39 from direct free kicks, 28 against Atletico, who were surprisingly timid. They didn't get going until the second half with the substitutions. Angel Correa, Kevin Gamero in particular. Barca had chances to put the result beyond doubt, but Oblak kept them out. And despite a few nervy moments, Gamero's goal ruled out because Diego Costa was correctly just to be offside. 1-0 was enough. So Barcelona, eight points clear with 11 games to go in the Spanish top division. Question is, is that it? Is it over? Is there any more Liga this season? (laughs) 
European contenders. Well, Real Madrid are now fully focused on Paris Saint-Germain part two on Tuesday after a 3-1 win over Getafe. The scoreline makes it sound a little more comfortable than maybe it was. Always a tough workout against Jose Bordalas's men. Gareth Bale is now Madrid's second highest scorer after getting the first. Slightly odd assist though from Isco's arm. Uh, then two from Cristiano Ronaldo in between them. A second booking for Remy for getting a bit too amorous with Nacho who then gave away a penalty for Portillo to put away. Uh, the slight worry about Ronaldo though was him getting a bit of treatment on his calf. Uh, injury-wise, Tony Kroos and Luka Modric returned to training with the group over the weekend. They've had knee and bicep problems respectively and haven't played for three weeks. So could Valencia respond? Well, they absolutely could and did with goals from Rodrigo and substitute Simone Zaza in a 2-0 victory at home to Real Betis, which leaves them just one point behind Madrid in fourth. Paco Pollitt was at Mestalla. He's got the lowdown on this one. This was always going to be a fun game to watch, although it didn't have the roller coaster. nine goals of the reverse fixture. It was open, exciting up with Betis dominating the ball. Valencia looked very comfortable with fast breaks on the counter-attack. A perfect example, Gonzalo Guedes' uncanny 40-meter pass and Rodrigo's clinical finish to open the scoring. Top quality players, top quality goal. Santi Mina couldn't continue his scoring streak and limped off injured, but Simone Sasa came on and netted once again after many months. Betis fought to the end with the support of a brilliant afición. More than 1,500 Betico fans attending an away game is a very, very impressive effort. Cheers, Paco. We'll hear more from Paco later on in the mini pod. Now, we have to talk about Girona. They're playing for the first time ever in La Liga, and yet they are seventh. The likelihood is that we'll get Europa League this season, and yet they're only one point off Villarreal in sixth anyway. This after they won 2-0 at the Estadio de la Ceramica to get their first away win in seventh. Dreadful clearance from Rodri, allowing Borja Garcia to cross for Christian Stuani. Yet, remember him, the same dude, the one from Middlesbrough. The Uruguayan's header was his 14th league goal of the season. So, the only players ahead of him in the race for the Pichichi are Messi, Suarez, Ronaldo, Iago Aspas and Griezmann. Just let that sink in. This is Christian Stuani we're talking about. And then Yassine Bounou produced brilliant saves to deny Fornals, Baca and Roberto Soriano as Villarreal dominated the second half, at least until Girona broke. And Anthony Lozano curled the ball beautifully past Sergio Asenjo to seal the win. Now, if Girona's aim this season had been survival, and it probably was, they've done it in double quick time, reaching the mythical 40-point mark after 27 games. It is the best performance of a debutant team in La Liga, if we ignore the first ever season, because obviously that year, everyone was a debutant. And we've had a fair bit of chatter, actually, on our Twitter feed, at La Liga Lowdown, with the at Girona UK account. Hi, guys. Um, we're going to nick the stat that you posted on Sunday afternoon um, because it's very, very telling. If Girona had not conceded in the last five minutes of matches this season, they would actually have eight more points and be fifth. And there's that awful away record as well. So just imagine what more they could have achieved. But in any case, a fine, fine campaign so far from Pablo Machin and co. Now, the team who are actually in fifth are Sevilla after a relatively comfortable 2-0 win at home to Athletic Club. It is a fifth win in seven, a fifth clean sheet in seven in all competitions. So maybe things are settling a bit under Vincenzo Montella. One of the keys has been Franco Vazquez playing in the three off striker Luis Muriel. He set up the Colombian for the first, headed home the second himself. Five minutes later, he gives the team rhythm and thrust. El Mudo, just one of those players who can totally dictate a game. And Kepa was also on form in the Athletic goal. And as for Athletic, well, their underwhelming season continues. They're safe, but well adrift of the European places. So it's all about the Europa League. And they've got a tough draw in the last 16. Their first leg against Marseille at the Stade Velodrome is this coming Thursday. <laughs> 
Relegation battle. We've had another managerial change in La Liga. Levante getting rid of Juan Ramón López Muñiz as their head coach on Sunday after their one-all draw at home to Espanyol, which might not seem such a bad result, but context is everything. They conceded in stoppage time. They're now winless in 15 La Liga games and it leaves them perilously close to the bottom three. In fact, they'll drop into that bottom three if Las Palmas win at Celta Vigo on Monday night. Let's speak to our man Paco Pollitt again. Um, Paco, how was Levante's performance on the pitch, first of all? Yeah, Levante fans are bitterly disappointed, David. To concede in the 91st minute against Espanyol, having led for the first time in the league since November, leaves them hanging desperately. A controversial penalty in the second half allowed the home team to pull ahead, thanks to captain Jose Luis Morales, but even that wasn't enough to improve their chaotic defending, and they were punished by Baptistao's late finish. And we've been here before. If they'd held out against Alaves and Espanyol, they would have three more points in the back. A huge deal for a team who is struggling to resemble a professional football side. Levante just aren't good enough and are heading straight to second division as they haven't won at home for over five months. Coming out of the stadium, this is Paul Odegaard, a Valencia-based Norwegian journalist and Levante fan. As you can imagine, he was pretty depressed about the whole thing. It's really quite horrible to watch Levante now. In this match, uh, they never really deserved to win. But they had the chance and it, those points would have been so vital. On top of that, we seem to have lost Ducure to an injury, we'll have to see. He's a gritty player that at least can fight well for Levante. But the defence is in shambles. Also the players we feel, uh, I don't feel maybe this is the right eleven. Well, you're right, Paco. He sounds properly downbeat there. So, Juan Muñiz leaves Levante. It's B-team boss Paco López who steps up until the end of the season. Now, now, you know him. Just tell us a bit about the new man. Paco López has been a well-known face for many years in second-tier teams in second and third division, where he excelled as a coach for Valencia Mestalla, the B-squad, also Villarreal B, and since last year in Levante B, which sits in first place in the competitive Tercera División. So, he's been around the block for a while, but never really got his chance to shine in La Liga. Now he has a shot at proving he's capable of turning things around. He is regarded as a very psychological manager, extracting full potential of his youngest players. Levante has decided on handing him the reins of a team with plenty of problems and, who knows, maybe if he makes it and avoids relegation, he might have the chance of sitting on the bench next summer from the start of the season. Thanks again, Paco. Well, to make matters worse, for Levante. Uh, Deportivo La Coruña managed to fight back for a point at home to Eibar despite having keeper Maxim Cobal sent off after 38 minutes of his debut. Still no win though under new boss Clarence Seidorf and their next two games at Riazor are huge against Las Palmas and Malaga. Now talking about coaches who don't seem to be making an impact, Jose Gonzalez's Malaga lost again going down 2-0 at Leganes for their sixth defeat in a row. Uh, what's more in their last 12 games they've scored Three goals, yes, three. It's been a dismal campaign at La Rosaleda. Eight points from safety, surely too many to make up in the remaining 11 games. A Legas victory takes them up to 13th, another tiny team success story. At the bottom, four sides are adrift in the table. The two above them also faced off at the weekend with Real Sociedad, two on victors over Alavesa and Hueta, Hector Moreno and Asier Iaramendi with the goals for El Sevilla side, who are up to 12th in the table. Now to the second part of our exclusive interview with Luis Garcia. And in this chat, he talks to us about his return to Atletico Madrid, his career in the Spain national team, how he thinks he'll get on at the World Cup. But we start with his early career at Barcelona. 
I stay in La Masia only for a month because I was living in Barcelona. So yeah. my, my stay in La Masia was only for the precision moments. And the precision uh, were there, so my parents uh, moved on holiday and I had to stay there okay. to have a good food and uh, they can control <laughs> a little bit more. So, yeah, there were the moment of uh, Puyol, uh, Iniesta, they were there, they were very young. Well, I was very young too. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was a, um, now it's totally different. You see the facilities that Barcelona had, it's totally different in the college in Barcelona, but it was a, a, a small house where everybody used to have lunch at the same time, rooms with APA players at the, in the same room. So yeah, yeah. it was quite a few good stories. And um, I think that this, sometimes you look back, you say, oh, wow, I, um, I was there and it, it was something special because some amazing pe- uh, football players uh, yeah. go through to that, that Barcelona. What about your, one of your early loan periods was with Rafa Benitez in Tenerife. Yeah. What was he like as a coach at that point? What were you learning from him? Well, the, the good thing about uh, Rafa is when I arrived to, to Tenerife, um, he came also from a tough situation. He was before in Osasuna, he was in, in Extremadura and it didn't work out very, pretty well for him. Mm. And he arrived there with the, you know that it's so detailed. He likes to have control about everything. So. The first day that, that, that I met, he told me, listen, and yeah, I know that you play as a striker, but here maybe you have to adapt and play a different role. And I say, okay, fine. And I start playing on the wing. And only that thing allowed me in the future to uh, know a lot more about football. When you were joining him again, tell us a little bit about what Liverpool was like for tapas bars and Spanish no restaurants. Much, <laughs> no much, I can tell you that. When I arrived to Liverpool, I mean, the first day, waking up to go to training. It was that, you know, rain, little rain that mm-hmm. it comes all cloudy. Oh, England specializes in that. Yeah, it, oh, was, yeah. it was August. I mean, I can <laughs> tell you, it was August. So I said, okay, it's, it's one day. Second day, it was two weeks, the same exactly weather. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, it's going to be tough. <laughs> so city, city was okay, but uh, not much to do, not many restaurants, not many. I mean, it was... Who, who found it, it the toughest out of all of the, the, the group of, of Spanish signers? I, I can tell you, uh, Josemi. Oh really? Josemi, yeah, because at the end you adapt. Uh, we, we learned our English. It was it wasn't good. I, I have to tell you, but uh, we we'll, we managed to learn a little bit. We have a few um, classes, and then we move around. And at the end, you learn a little bit. But I remember Josemi was struggling so much. But he used to try to live the same way like in Spain. So finish the training, go home, have lunch, and have a nap. Yeah. He used to say, listen, we go for dinner. What time? At seven? No, at seven, I'm not having dinner. I'm staying because I'm going to have lunch. Yeah. <laughs> His body clock is all over all, the place, oh, Yeah, exactly. So he struggled a little bit. And uh, well, but it's, it was for semi, so. What about, though, your relationship with Chelsea Football Club <laughs> and <laughs> what you managed to achieve against them in a couple of years? I guess yeah. you're probably not Mr. Popular. No, I guess Chelsea. no. I guess no. I'm still not, um, not uh, getting along with the Chelsea fans. They were always very tough. I think we didn't manage to win one single game in the whole season against them. I mean, we played Champions League semi-final arrived and we managed to go through the final. Just one game, one goal, and well, I had the chance to score that goal that um, turned up to be one of the most important in my career. Yeah. The injury that you suffered uh, when you were at Liverpool, the ACL, had that not happened, do you think you may well have stayed at Anfield a bit longer? Um, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know because I was struggling. Well, my family was struggling uh, mm. about being there three years. And uh, when I did my ACL, I went back to Spain to do the recovery. I went to Barcelona and then family started liking it there. Sure. And we said, okay, we'll, we'll have a, 
I thought about it and we spoke with Rafa and he said, okay, if there is a, a good deal coming up and we'll talk about it. And well, Fernando Torres was on the, on the yeah. way to Liverpool. Yeah, and, and you were on the way back to stopped, Atletico. Yeah, yeah. I suppose they got a, an all right player. An I all right think, player. Yeah, I think hey, they did they, well, they, yeah. they, <laughs> lo they lost a good player too, but uh, why was it difficult or more difficult, more challenging on your return to Atletico? Yeah, because at the end when you're right, this, this kind of injuries is, is, is very complicated. You, mm -hmm. you, people say, oh, how long it was until you play? I, I think it was seven months until I came into the game. I remember it was, um, it was with a fantastic team. If I tell you a team, you will say, uh, right now Atletico Madrid is for a very good team. Yeah. But uh, for Lan, Kun Agüero, yeah. you see what they've done after. Yeah. Uh, for Lan Finis, uh, top scorer in the league twice. Mm -hmm. uh, Simao Rosa, international for Portugal, yeah. Maxi for Argentina and Kunawer, of course, yeah. we all know him. Let's talk about the national team briefly, because, well, you played in the 2006 World yeah. Cup, and before then, a, a memorable day against Slovakia. Yeah. Um, tell us about that hat-trick. Yeah, th that, that was probably one of the most important uh, games for, 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 for our side, because it was the, uh, the, the play-off to go to the, uh, the, to the World Cup. Uh, we have to win if we wanted to be there. Um, I, I managed to score three goals in that game. We won 5-1. And um, it was quite amazing, amazing day. So yeah, um, it was yeah important one. Let's um, fast forward. What is it then? It would be 12 years yeah. to the World Cup. What are your expectations for Spain? Interesting group, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, and, and tough one. But I think Spain is right, right now in a moment. Um, in the transition, the moment of transition has passed. And the players are coming out are quite interesting yeah. with the Saúl, Coques again back on the on the best. We got Isco new players coming and um, uh, I don't know I, I want to, to see what happened uh, at the front because there's a lot a lot of people talking about if it's Diego Costa is going to be quite interesting to see uh, who uh, the manager decide to bring uh, at the front Thanks once again to Luis Garcia so good to hear from him so you can see the full interview part one is already on our YouTube channel part two gets uploaded on Tuesday we've got our own custom URL by the way youtube.com forward slash C forward slash La Liga Lowdown or quite simply put La Liga Lowdown into a search engine. We've also got our trailer on there plus the first two intro videos as you get to know the La Liga Lowdown squad a bit more so so far there's me and Baco but we're making new signings all the time and more are on the way soon. Plus on Wednesday on our Twitter at La Liga Lowdown we've got our emoji challenge. You probably realise we do enjoy an emoji. Well this one's fun. You've got to guess the name of the footballer spelt out by emojis. Have a go. See how you get on not as easy as you think and finally you've also been submitting your three word verdicts for this weekend just gone these are great thank you so much Mark Pilkington has said Rakitic was class Tapiwa Musa says title race over with an unamused face emoji because he's a massive Madridista uh, Lion Academy FC there isn't league uh, yeah and Joe Brennan similar sentiments not a liga uh, Kirat Meha says Simeone should leave that is harsh Kirat uh, Matthew Clark Levante slipping down uh, Chris Schofield, Ferran is exciting. Uh, Chris, we couldn't agree more. Ferran Torres celebrated his 18th birthday by getting the cake shoved in his face by Rodrigo. Uh, we'll leave it there. That's it for this first mini pod. That's your La Liga Lowdown. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.